You're listening to Wait Your Scout with Anna Skipworth. Hi everyone, hope you are all doing well, uh, staying safe and just generally looking after yourselves through uh, what is still a pretty difficult time for us all. Um, this week I'm interviewing an old English teacher of mine, uh, Fran. She was a teacher at my secondary school. Um, she's now at a different secondary school and I'm uh, not at secondary school anymore. Um, but it turns out that she was actually part of the Scouts when she was younger, which is something I didn't actually know until um, I posted something on Facebook and she commented and we got in touch so that's how uh, the episode came about uh, it was really interesting talking about air scouts and scout band some really great stuff so uh, yeah hope you enjoy so hi Fran thanks so much for joining me on the podcast uh hi hi oh, it's a pleasure to be here so um just to sort of explain how we actually know each other um you were an English teacher at my secondary school um yeah so <laughs> and I didn't know you were a scout this whole time for like part of your life I feel like there's lots of people I know that have just been scouty and I'm like oh, they're secretly scouts how did I not know <laughs> yeah it's just sort of something in your adult life you don't sort of wear a badge or something and I feel like you should maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um Fran what are you what are you doing now for work are you still teaching are you Yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm an English teacher still. Um, I've moved schools since when I um, were at school together. School. I'm young. Um, <laughs> I'm not young. I'm very, very old. Uh, I've I've moved to Dorset. Okay. Um, and I'm teaching in a school in Dorset now. So, um, but I'm afraid English teaching, apart from you know changes in the curriculum, it's very much the same as it was when, <laughs> when we knew each other. Now, Fred, do you still wear the really cool earrings that you used to wear before? Because they were like legendary. <laughs> um, yes, I do. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You know. that, that does make me feel a lot better that some things haven't changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Fran, how did you get into scouting when you were younger? Like, how did that come about? Um, it was I kind of started probably at the bottom um, in the sense of uh, as I went into the brownies okay because this was what the the late 80s and it's kind of just kind of what you did um, yeah I'm from Dorset so Dorset is kind of a heavily scouty guidey area yeah um, <laughs> so it was very much the expectation that that's that's where you went when you turned what seven okay um, so you know brownies followed then by guides um and then I kind of made the leap over into Scouts. Okay. So how was, old were you in Scouts um, when um, you moved over? I joined a bit later than, than I think I was something like 13. Okay. Um, which was just a little bit later than a lot of people because um, it was recommended by my best friend, Sai. He was like, guys is lame, come and do Scouts. And I'm like, <laughs> it is not, but I'll come and do it anyway. Um, <laughs> And, and turns out he was right. Scouts is awesome. <laughs> Great. And you were part of an air scout group, weren't you? Yes, I was. A 49th Bournemouth Air Scouts. Brilliant. Um, so I've not actually, well, met many air scouts before. Um, what are some of the main differences between sort of land scouts, I guess? <laughs> um, well, obviously, I'm talking about in the sort of uh, late 90s, early 1000s by that point. But we had a banging uniform. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of one of the main <laughs> differences for me. Um, it's, you know, 
blue with a beret, which I just thought was so sophisticated. Um, and uh, different Air Scout groups, uh, you can you get RAF recognition. You have to sort of pass a test as as a, as a troop, right? And um, you get there are ninety nine, I, I think, like qualified groups ac- around the country. And okay. You can, you can kind of lose your spot if you don't pass the exam. So you do a lot of studying about things like different types of aircrafts and flying and different types of clouds. I remember studying, (laughs) not that I remember any of it anymore, but I remember. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Actually. I didn't realize that they were RAF certified. That's, that's cool. Not all of them are. Oh, okay. Just the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Which 49th Bournemouth was. Great, good to know. Uh, <laughs> so you also said you were part of Scout Band as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that that was kind of my real passion. <laughs> That's um, really cool. I have no idea how that sort of happened. It was my, <laughs> actually I do know how it happened. It was my dad's girlfriend at the time. Her children did the band. And right. so I was kind of, my sister, and it was just part of my life for like 10 years afterwards I loved it it was wonderful what did you play yeah sorry (laughs) oh sorry I played the 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 bell the sort of glockenspiel oh okay Uh, not one of the upright jobbies that you see in marching bands but one of the flatbed ones oh cool okay um which is it's heavy as hell (laughs) (laughs) um and wonderful (laughs) and yeah I loved it Uh, honestly after about the age of kind of 14 um being in guides or scouts was more a vehicle to make sure I stayed in the scout band than anything else oh okay that's interesting because <laughs> I so loved what it. Was it what was it about scout band that you love so much I I really liked the, I was a very strange sort of a kid but I really liked the very military aspect um, okay sort of the 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 drill aspect and the sort of discipline of learning to march which I was so bad at to begin with (laughs) Um, and the music and just I I was terrible at music as well you know to this day I can't read music or anything but um, I loved (laughs) performing there's something fantastic about just walking down a street playing music and having crowds of people kind of hearing you it's just and there's something incredible about the sound of snare drums. The sound of a snare drum to, to this day just gets me straight in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Because um, I know, like, lots of places had... Um... <laughs> I'm so sorry I put my baby on my lap and she just burped so I'm sorry if I came up on your <laughs> no that's fine that's fine don't worry <laughs> well you know I, I, that's probably my youngest guest on the podcast so <laughs> <coughs> my apologies feel free to edit that out later it's <laughs> fine um, so I mean lots of areas have scout bands and I think they're not quite as big or well known as like they used to be I think lots of areas maybe they've sort of like dropped off the off the I don't know scales as such but what would you say to anyone that's maybe interested in scout band or part of it now like what were some of the big things that made you go like yeah that's go for it it's you do not have to be anywhere near good at music you don't have to read music you have you don't have to have any talent whatsoever (laughs) as I'm afraid many of us did not me included (laughs) no talent at all but it's um again it's been about sort of 15 20 years but we were kind of 
the uh, the underdogs a little bit of the scouting world, the band, you know, the nerds, the geeks, the people who weren't as cool as everybody else. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of cachet in that because actually, you know, <laughs> we knew we were doing something very, very different to other groups. And we, and it was, we were doing things that were special. We marched with veterans every year for the Remembrance Day Parade and we played the last post every year and it was it was just in a, being an important part of the community that everybody saw that we were part of the community and that yeah. we served the community through marching and music which sounds really cheesy but it, we were and it's also just so exciting I mean <laughs> you get some great opportunities as a band that you just don't get anywhere else yeah, we 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 played, you know, parades and concerts, and we played for the Queen. Which, oh, that's cool! Oh, very exciting, and it, <laughs> you just don't get those sorts of opportunities in other places. Yeah, and I don't think it's something you typically think of when you think scouts. Everyone kind of goes for knots and camp. You don't quite think, oh yes, marching band. Like, yeah, that doesn't quite come into your head, does it? No didn't even know it was a thing before I joined it myself um, so was it think... a county thing or was it quite local um it was just our local town um we because um Bournemouth had its own um <laughs> scout band uh, which was kind of better populated than ours ours um Christchurch scout band was a, was a much smaller band so we kind of had it was very local and it was there was a certain amount of rivalry with all the lo- other local bands. <laughs> and they were up, there were other like non-scout related marching bands which were better funded that used to drive us crazy because they had these fancy uniforms and we were like they're in our scout berets <laughs> we're way better than you but you've just got fancy feathers on yours that was really cool i love the fact that air scouts get berets i'm kind of a little bit jealous of that um <laughs> it's that's one of those things that you learn and you never forget i know how to properly shape a beret for your head and it's like this whole routine that you don't even realize until you've had one <laughs> i didn't even know you'd have to do that i thought you'd just sort of pick it up and put it on but it involves like you know soaking it in water and putting it on your head and rolling it up and it's really very exciting <laughs> <laughs> And beret maintenance is clearly just really exciting. I mean, big skills to learn for life. If you ever buy a beret, you can be like, right, I can make sure this will fit my head perfectly now. <laughs> I mean, skills for life there, for, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, I'm 35 now and I still remember how to do it. So, you know, if somebody <laughs> offers me a beret, I'll be like, yes, I can do that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so part of it being like in the Air Scouts, what was you joked that, you know, it was better but what actually was it that made you go do you know what I think this is more for me uh well the thing is I'm I'm the sort of person that if I if I'm doing something I I stick it out I just carry on doing it um which I loved being a guide as well I loved it it was wonderful and it was a completely different world it's just that the 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 amount of guides in our guide group dwindled so really it just became me and my sister and the troop shut down Oh, okay. That's really, the only reason I stopped doing it is because oh, there was no longer a group left. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's a good reason to move. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, I mean, it was it's 
dramatically different. But there was a time I was doing the guides and the scouts at the same time because they were on different different nights. So it was brilliant. Thursday night scouts, Friday night guides, brilliant. Oh, great. Um, but the guides was more... We did a lot of sort of planning to do our like trefoil badges, planning, uh, sitting around tables, kind of saying, right, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And um, it was, it sounds really cheesy, but it was a lot of the more sort of quote unquote girly stuff. Like we did a lot yeah. of cooking and sewing and, you know, crafts, things like making, oh, what are those things? Dream catchers. I remember oh, doing okay. that. We did a lot of community stuff as well. We did a lot of, because it was um, quite involved with the church in um, that we were next to. We did quite a lot of things like shows to raise money and things like that. Whereas the Air Scouts was a lot more focused on um, being a scout, being doing scouty things. Um, we didn't do a lot of badges. I, when I joined, um, our backsides off to do is here. The only badge okay. we insist you work on is your first aid badge. Oh, interesting. And we would do work on that every single year. Um, and anything else you did was kind of lovely and additional, but you kind of did it on your own time. The rest of it was um, air scout stuff, learning about the clouds and the flying. I know how an aeroplane stays up now. I had no idea beforehand. I mean, generally useful. I would have no idea. I just think, oh, it goes up. Great. But, you know... <laughs> And we were very active. We did things like gliding qualifications. We did a lot of gliding. And um, we flew That's in a World cool. War II Dakota, which was fantastic. Oh, amazing. I'm, I'm a bit of a, a World War II sort of geek. So knowing that I've done that is just oh, wonderful. So there, there was a world of difference between doing that and flying and, and gliding and, um, you know, making tea for the old folks, which is kind of what we did in the guides. But I think it depends on your leader, doesn't it? And it yeah. was the, the 90s, so things probably have moved on vastly since then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you look at some of the... Uh, there have been times I've looked at the guide stuff now, and I'm like, well, if that had been like that when I was younger, I probably would have gone to guides. Like, yeah. I was desperate when I was a kid to be a ranger. Oh, it was my absolute <laughs> ambition to be a ranger. But uh, obviously, when the troop closed down, that was that was never going to happen. But oh, I wanted nothing more in my life than to be a ranger. <laughs> so I know now you're not involved in scouting, but how do you think it's really sort of played out in actually life as you've got older? Because lots of people say that. Oh, small person again. <laughs> Sorry, I do apologise. It's all right. <laughs> Sorry, I'll start that again. Um, so obviously not part of scouting now, but there are lots of people that say that actually it's really helped influence what they've done as they've got older. How do you think scouting really did that for you? I think it's I, it gives you a sort of a, a, this sounds really weird. Sorry, I'm not answering this very clearly. Um, I think it gives you a sort of work ethic. It, yeah. It, tells you what sort of a person a person is if you know that they've been involved in scouting or guiding you know that that's a person who is resourceful and reliable and it you automatically know that you can trust them with things you know with jobs with and I feel like for me it's something I kind of hold with a certain amount of pride that today when I you know when I'm working in my job and or whatever 
um, that work ethic is something that I've gotten, I think, from being a brownie and a guide and a scout. <laughs> and it also... <laughs> Shush. Sorry. It's all right. Don't worry. I've now forgotten what I was going to say there. I was going to add something <laughs> to that, but I can't remember what it was. I do apologise. Oh, don't worry. It's fine. Um, hold on. Let me just get my notes up. <coughs> so what do you think someone like the most... Um, I know we talked about sort of some of the... Um, the air activities you did with the air scouts but are there any particular like camps and trips that really sort of come to mind when you think of your time in scouting we um we did do a rather lovely you know every summer obviously we did a big camp with the scouts and um the only year I've ever been on a proper week-long camp um was the year we went to Holland's and we had camp there oh wow uh we went to Zealand okay there's there's a sort of island there I think I don't remember an awful lot about it, I'll be honest, um, in the sense of like physically, geographically where it was. But there was an island there that was basically a scouting island. And um, we camped there for a week and it was really exciting. Oh, that's so cool. Because I'd, I'd never, even as a brownie, as a guide, we'd never done camping particularly. Um, there was always a, a big week long camp, but um, I was never allowed to go. <laughs> um I did a couple of weekend camps and things, but I was never allowed to go for the full week. So, you know, as a scout going away for a week to Holland was amazing. Yeah, because that's not just like a week away from home. That's a week away from home abroad. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was um, that was really exciting. And I was one of the old the older scouts. Mm. So there was, um, you know, an element of. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher as well. So looking after yeah. the kind of the cubs as well that had come with us in a foreign country it was really nice because it kind of gave you a real sense of responsibility yeah wow <laughs> taking cubs to holland that is definitely a brave scout leader that you had because yeah <laughs> i get terrified taking explorers to like scotland let alone like abroad abroad so oh yeah, yeah i'd never do it myself never <laughs> <laughs> no way no school trips or anything like that abroad no chance <laughs> yeah I think, yeah, taking kids abroad. I mean, we're doing it when we take. I take mine to Denmark next year, but I'm still scared. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> this is a district that's done it for years, so it still scares me. Um, <laughs> so, do you think um, at any point maybe like your your kids would go into scouting? Do you think it's something that you want for them, or you think it's something that you think I'd get back into? officially as a parent I have to say I would never push my children into something they didn't want to do but they are joining the movement <laughs> they are I don't care if they want to be like a cub or a brownie or a rainbow or whatever but I want them to at least try yeah because I just think it's such an important part of learning to be a decent human being but as a kid you have to be a brownie or a guide or a scout or a cub or a rainbow or a beaver or whatever yeah you have to and luckily, being down here in Dorset, it's kind of, you know, it's readily available. <laughs> yes, you do have some very nice places to camp in uh, Dorset. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have camped on Brownsea Island with the guides. I had forgotten that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was very that... cool. There, there were a lot of peacocks. I remember that. Yes. And it's really weird when you finally see them like fly because you realise, oh, my God, <laughs> peacocks can do that. Like it, it doesn't register in your head at first. Then you see them. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And they are scary and vicious enough before you realise they can fly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cooking around peacocks is not recommended if you can Mm -mm. avoid it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's great to hear that actually like scouting and guiding like in both capacities is so like key to to you and what you're doing but actually hearing that it's like oh yes you know we we all actually have those shared values and they are something really core to you it's it's yeah it's desperately important my husband was a was a cub um but he when he went to scouts he kind of he didn't like it so he lost interest yeah but it's still really important to both of us that they start young and if they don't want to continue with it then that's fine yeah but I want them to grow up I mean they still do I looked this up the other day when we were talking about it me and my husband we looked it up and they still do the hostess badge in the brownie (laughs) but it's fantastic I mean think of all the skills that kids don't learn these days about washing up and making tea and uh, writing an invitation and setting a table and a bunch of other stuff which I can't even remember it's actually it's a hardcore thing to earn a badge from yeah definitely (laughs) I mean like I think there's some skills um, I know from when I went to uni there were times but like you could tell if someone else had been in scouts because they did certain things like they automatically washed up and they automatically did like certain things that other people might just not do yes absolutely (laughs) because those are skills that they have yeah I think it's also ingrained in your memory from camp being like if I do the washing up then I can get dessert that's always one that sticks in my brain for me yes (laughs) and you cannot you can't go and do something else until you've done the washing up yeah yeah (laughs) or if you cooked you don't have to do the washing up which is the other thing Yes, and I still have that with uh, my other half at home. We still do that rule of like one of us cooks, the other one washes up. And I think that's come from scouting. (laughs) Camp rules, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So how else do you think, I know you said a little bit that um, you always wanted to be a teacher and Mm. that looking after the Cubs was really quite nice for you to have that leadership role. Do you think it's helped you with teaching as an actual, like a role of a teacher having that sort of scouting background as well? I think massively in terms of the band because um, I was one of the older members and um, even when I joined I I think I started at 12 and obviously we had lots of kind of cubs and beavers even Um, so actually I ended up having to teach a lot of the younger ones things like how to do drill and just what the rules were and then teaching music as well yeah. You know, teaching them how to play the music. And so that was kind of years worth of experience of having to teach smaller people. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it appeared, I always put it down on my UCAS applications or my job applications. Even now, I mention it. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, you can still be like, yes, and I did this when I was younger. Like, you kind of don't think that you'd still be putting it on your CV. No, I know. And, and, you know, perhaps professionals would say, why the hell are you putting that on your CV? What is wrong with you? Um, But, uh, you know, I haven't had that many jobs, to be honest. So, you know, filling up a CV requires effort. Um, But, you know, I think it gives you another dynamic. And again, it's sort of it's almost like a secret club, like the Masons. You kind of flag yourself up to other people. and It's like, ah, that person's a scout. Well, they're a certain type of person then. Yeah. It's also really handy when you do talk to someone in an interview, they pick up that you're a scout and suddenly you spend like 20 minutes talking about scouting. And it's like, yes, I have something I can talk about. And you haven't even asked me any questions about the job yet. So, (laughs) yeah, that's it. You're a kindred spirit. And, you know, it helps you get jobs. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh. Be prepared. So, Fran, thank you so much for talking to us so far. Um, just before we end this, um, so our guest uh, from the previous episode, Tony, asked the question, um, what is your favourite scarf slash necker from scouting? Um, Fran, as someone who's not active in scouting, I then realised that you may not have seen many scout scarves recently or some of the different varieties, but do you have a favourite scarf slash necker? I do, but it's it's because <laughs> I, I had a thought to think about that, and I had to check with my friend Sai what colour our scout necker was. For example, <laughs> it was grey and red, by the way. But Brilliant. my favourite scarf slash necker is the one from when I first joined the Brownies. I was still in that brown dress. Oh with wow! The bobble hat. Oh wow! Yes, I have seen those. <laughs> and this fantastic sort of crossed yellow um, necker thing. Brilliant. where you put the kind of trefoil badge in the middle and I still have mine oh amazing <laughs> and I love it it means so much to me um <laughs> my sister and I were you know we both wore the uniform we were both kind of brownies yeah um, actually hang on <laughs> you you won't be able to hear this but can you see oh that? brilliant yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is definitely my favorite um, we both were wearing those uniforms when we, we were asked to lay the wreath for the last VE Day celebrations, which makes me feel how old I am. <laughs> um, because obviously the current VE Day celebrations are coming up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we laid the wreath for the, excuse me, we laid the wreath for the 50th anniversary. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it was the start of my scouting career. So for me, that's that's my favourite necker. Brilliant. And Fran, do you have a question for our next guest? Yes. Although off the top of my head now, I've forgotten it. Hang on, bear with me. Yes, I do. <laughs> I did have a really good one and now I've forgotten it. So I'm going to have to quickly come up with something. <laughs> fill in that gap. <laughs> because I had a really good one and now I can't remember. What sort of questions do people normally ask? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We've, we've had all sorts so far. So we've had ones like, um, how do you sort of maybe balance your time as a leader? We've had ones that are like, what's your favourite value um, from scouting? Uh, one was, what's your favourite way to light a fire? Um, had some quite scouty ones. So if you want to go for non-scouty, that's totally okay. But <laughs> that was my question. My question was going to be, what's your favourite not? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> because I have a favourite knot and I'm curious to know whether other people have a favourite knot. Oh, so Fran, what is your favourite knot? I love a bowline hitch. Oh, that's an interesting one to go for. <laughs> is there a, a particular reason why that's your favourite knot? For some reason, we just practised it a lot and I got really good at doing it very fast. So, <laughs> Is that there one you can still do today? Yeah, I can still do it now. It's, it's muscle memory by now. <laughs> Brilliant. Be prepared. Um, well, Fran, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. It's been great to reconnect as well properly, other than just Facebook. So, yeah, it's been good to speak. And thanks so much for sharing your scouting stories. Um, I'm definitely going to have to find some more Air Scouts now because they sound really cool. I want to learn all about clouds. <laughs> they, they are they are very cool. We, we Air Scouts, coolest of the lot. And I'm jealous of the beret still. I want to see if they still wear them. I hope they do. Cool. Well, thank you again, Fran. Um, 
yeah and hopefully we'll speak soon yeah lovely to talk to you I really hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as it, uh, um, as much fun as it was to record. Uh, it was really great catching up with Fran and hearing about Scout Band, which is something that is still quite a mystery to me, but I definitely feel like I've got more of an insight now than I did before. And actually hearing someone who's not directly involved in scouting in any way now talk so positively and enthusiastically about scouting, it's, yeah, it was really great to actually listen to and just yeah it really kind of re-motivated me because I think especially now where well in the UK and in lots of other countries around the world we're not face-to-face scouting we're having to come up with new inventive ways to scout be it sending out emails to parents saying hey here's a load of activities you can do at home whether it's um, virtual scouting so via um, videos you're sending out or video conferencing or even just updating your social medias for your scout sections like everything we're doing is going to help these young people through a really difficult and trying time and it's going to be memories that they're going to remember forever so it definitely like re-motivated me as a volunteer and someone that you know it you know it's not always amazing scouting some days you find it a little bit harder than others so actually speaking to someone who fondly remembers her scouting and guiding memories so well uh it was really great and you know knowing that though she may not be involved now that friends kids that she's very much she wants them to be part of it and learn the lessons that she did from the scouting and guiding movements it's always always reassuring and just re-motivating so yeah um i hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as i did um keep listening um if you've got suggestions for people send them in um if you see any really amazing um like scouting at home stuff please tag me in them or use the hashtag scout in i'm checking both all the time so uh yeah do want to see everything you're up to because we love sharing all of those things um do keep checking out uh mark uh, from Big Man in the Woods, uh, scout well virtual scouting that he's doing via YouTube, the first YouTube scout group. Uh, check out some of the events Mike's doing. He's doing a St George's Day event on Sunday. That looks really good fun, and I believe he's also possibly also planning on the where scout delic or scout quiz. So do keep an eye out for some of the activities he's doing. They are really fun, and uh, there's a couple of different groups that are popped up on Facebook and all over the place for virtual scouting and scouting everywhere. So if you're into your Facebook, do check them out and yeah we will speak soon stay safe guys and uh, look after yourselves as much as you can thanks bye thanks for listening to wait you're a scout with anna skipworth follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at wait you're a scout and don't forget to rate review and subscribe